0: Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneurs show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. So I'm absolutely delighted today to welcome Laura Friedelhurst of LFH Regulatory to the uh, Scale Her Up podcast. Welcome, Laura. Lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Brenda. And it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to um, obviously have this, this chat with you.
0: Yeah, no, it's really good to have you here. So let's just for a introduction for the the listeners. Um, tell us your story and how how you got into business. Okay, so um, essentially, I suppose I could start from from
1: when I first left school. I, I didn't have any um, qualifications. I had GCSEs and decided to go into the world of work. Um, from that, I ended up. Um, packing boxes for a living and decided that I didn't want to end up like some of the ladies I were working with, working for minimum wage and um, <clears throat> essentially, um, you know, being spoken to in a manner that's not really acceptable. So I got speaking to a lady that was probably in her 40s at the time and uh, she was doing a um, women into science degree. Uh, essentially at the time I looked in the local paper and there were science foundation degree in there. I applied for it and essentially uh, passed the exam and got accepted in there. So I went on to do a science-based degree uh, and decided to do medical biology. During that time, I did a a placement year and I didn't know what regulatory affairs were at the time and essentially just went with it because it was a paid placement. I was a little bit of an old student and had a mortgage to pay and went and did a 12-month placement with that company. So naturally, when I came out from university
0: and graduated, I decided to go into the world of regulatory affairs. Can I, can I stop you there? And just yeah. You didn't know back then what that was, and I still don't really know now. So maybe a little <laughs> bit of an explanation of what regulatory affairs is. Yeah, so it's,
1: it's very difficult to kind of put it in a nutshell, but, uh, but essentially, it's making sure that medical devices and in vitro diagnostics comply with the regulations so there's there's a regulation for medical devices and in vitro diagnostics and essentially we work with manufacturers to bring new product to market or remediate those products as well if there's certain areas they're not complying with then just make sure that then products are staying on the
0: market and they are safe and perform as intended basically okay so regulating medical equipment and yeah, so when, when,
1: yeah, we're not essentially regulating it, but what we're okay. doing is we're helping companies to comply with that I regulation. Understand. And then, yeah, we advise as a consultancy business.
0: Okay, okay, so back to your story then. Yes, so you yeah, finished so, the degree. Yes, so,
1: so essentially then I went into the world of work and I did a few different jobs. I did commute for a living. And I think, you know, the final company I worked with before I decided to go into the world of, of, of business and, and self-employment, it wasn't the best experience that I had and it made me question my own ability at the time. And essentially, you know, there was the, there were no work life balance for me. And now for me, I, I obviously have, I do have two children now, but at the time I had one one daughter and essentially, you know, I, I was commuting I'd set off at about 6am and I wasn't home till about half past six. And, you know, I was just so tired and it just wasn't anywhere where to live really. So that's when I decided, you know what, I don't know everything, but who does know everything in this industry, they don't. And even now I'm still learning. So essentially I I took the plunge and actually went into the world of contracting at the time. And it's just blossomed from there, really from from contracting into a consultancy.
0: Well, how long ago was it that you started contracting?
1: So I set up the limited business in, well, I started contracting, sorry, in June of 2019, the beginning, so the 1st of June is when I initially started. Mm
0: And how how's it been in business then? Obviously there's, there's been some challenges to most businesses over the last few years, but yeah, how, how's it been? How have you grown it? Well, it's
1: actually within this industry and I appreciate a lot of businesses have been impacted by COVID, but, uh, but for us in, in kind of the medical device industry, that hasn't been the case. Uh, we have grown rapidly. Um, essentially, there has been a lot of changes in the industry as well around um, Brexit. That brings a load of uh, new complexities into the mix when we look at kind of the regulation in the UK for for medical devices, Um, but also as well, because in the industry, they're moving away from directive to regulation. So there's that transition that manufacturers are needing to do. So so essentially at the moment, the industry is very busy, and I can't say that we're actually impacted by by Brexit at all. Yeah, so
0: how... Have you you built a team now? You've got a a number of people around you?
1: Yeah, so at the moment, we are a team of five. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has just happened. So the first uh, member of the team, he joined me back in February of last year. And we have just made an offer to another person to come and join us on a permanent basis. But as a business as well, we also utilize contractors. And they come in and work with the business as well, who work with our clients. So yeah, so we've we've rapidly grown over that time period, and it's just crazy.
0: Crazy good though. I've, oh, crazy! Yeah, 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 crazy good. Yeah, <laughs> crazy good.
1: Obviously, but you know what? Without without the team, uh, and I tell them this all the time. You know, without the team, essentially, the the business wouldn't be where it is
0: right now. So many people that I talk to, you know, the the team is the most important resource within the business. Would you agree? Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah, they are the most important. and and, and again, you know. Uh, I, I say this: if they weren't there, the, the business wouldn't be kind of where it is, and, and and working with the clients that we have, because it's just
0: something as a one, one, you know, one-person company. I just wouldn't be able to do. Fantastic. So, what are the what are the ambitions? Where where are you growing the the company? What are your goals? You know, sometimes I sit and I think I don't know, Brenda. I just go
1: with it. I'm not. I, I'm not. You know, when I kind of came into this, my expertise around regulatory equality. And I don't proclaim to be a, a business expert. Um, I'm learning every day with it. But what I can see is that, you know, we, we do see opportunities and the, the team helped me identify this as well and help grow the business. And, you know, the, the, the buy into it, uh, the, the buy-in from the teams is absolutely amazing. But again, we work together as a team. And, you know, there's things that we're establishing internally. We've just recently had a two-day team meeting as well to discuss potential business development lead. So, yeah, so these things kind of are moving in certain directions where, you know, we are building our clientele uh, and, and assisting with them with their requirements. Um, but we are also looking at uh, expanding as well, kind of into the
0: clinical side of things. So good, great plans. Yes. Yeah, yes. watch the space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's what been your biggest success in
1: business so far? It's a difficult one, I think. But I, I think just the fact that, you know, I think it just, volumes the fact that we are growing at such a rapid rate and I, I think for me starting out in this in business was all about making sure and maintaining a work-life balance and I think I'd like to do that you know for the team essentially so you know that to me is a big achievement is having that happy workforce
0: and work-life balance there is, is that is that part of your the culture of your organization is that something that's there for everyone yeah yeah
1: yeah, definitely. Because the thing is, for me, and I, I think I said this earlier. Essentially, you know, working for big corporate companies, I don't think you know, even though they have these core values and they they say that you know it's all about work, about life balance, and it's this and it's that, um, isn't necessarily there. You know, if, if, if people are honestly, you know, if, if they're completely um, honest around it. Whereas for myself, you know, uh, some of our team members, they they have children, they have you know things outside of work, and it's it's appreciating that and. And essentially, you know, giving them that flexibility as well and trust, uh, which I think some companies don't do either.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm back to my uh, statement about your team being your most valuable resource. Yes. I'm looking after them again. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, Laura, what advice would you give to someone coming behind you, starting their business and growing their business? I think for
1: me is because of my background and, you know, growing up in a uh, working class family and, and, and thinking that, you know, I don't deserve to be here is, you know, have confidence in yourself. You can do it. You're doing an amazing job. And um, just carry on and go where you've got instinct. Because I think sometimes people think things, whereas for me, I think in business, I, I and I never thought I was, but I, I think I'm probably quite a big risk taker.
0: So your advice would be take the risks but also
1: listen to your gut as well because that's what i do and if something something doesn't feel right then i won't do it
0: very good advice there yes and have comfort
1: and i think have confidence in yourself because the thing is you know and the thing i found in this industry is you can sit and people might talk as if they know what they're talking about but when you actually listen to the words they don't necessarily
0: do that and it's all about the confidence aspect i would i would add maybe that the Listening to your gut, sometimes it's a lack of confidence that means that you don't listen to your own gut. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's instinct, it's understanding and thinking, does this feel right? Should I be going down this route? And certainly for me, you know, when I took on, you know, the first member of the team, I sat and thought, oh, I'm going to have a salary to pay. You know, how am I going to manage that? But the thing is, is within business, you know, the, the business that certainly, you know, I work in, it's, it's, it's a fine balance between, you know, resource having the staff members to fulfill the work that we have and for me it's okay let's go out and let's get the talented resource that's fitting with our business and 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 fitting with our team because that's that's one of the things that you know to me is 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 uh, a fundamental point when we're recruiting is making sure that this this person fits in but then go out and get the work and it determines me as a business owner to go out and source that work to make sure that my team have the work to do, which then allows us to turn over the business and pay the salaries, because that is the main point as a business owner is making sure, essentially, you're, you're paying, you know, you're, you're meeting business
0: financials. So I have this conversation a lot with businesses that are looking to grow mm. and, you know, not sure, do we bring the team on mm. and then we don't have the work to keep them busy or to, to, to pay them? Or do we find the work, and then we have an awful challenge trying to find the right people to to do the work? So it's a chicken and egg thing there. Yeah. Um, I think what you're saying is that you took the risk and hired the people, and then that made you yeah. get out and find the work. Well, the thing
1: is, and that's the way I look at it, because you know, with a team, you've got to make sure they're not they're not over, overworking. You know, and, and certainly for me, when I was a, an independent contractor, you know, I got to a point and I thought I can't. I can't carry on. I've come into this into this role, to, you know, self employment to spend more time with my children, to spend more time, you know, with my family and friends, and have that social aspect. And it wasn't happening. And it's like, you know, it's come to a point where I've got to take the plunge or I've got to say no, you know. So it was right. Let's go with it. And and it's 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 amazing because, you know, the first person that came on to the team, he joined the team. And he had that faith to join the team, you know, work with me. And and, and he's grown with the business since.
0: It's an opportunity for people development as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. And the thing is that, you know, the fact that someone had faith to come and work with me. And then from then, the rest of the team have done the same because, you know, we are a small business. We are growing rapidly, which is great. Year on year, our turnover is increasing dramatically. But, you know, essentially it's that I, I appreciate as well that we can't compete with the big companies around the benefits that they get. or we
0: do as a business, we can kind of compete
1: with the work-life balance and, and the salary. Which
0: are benefits. Work-life yeah. balance is a benefit. Yes. It's just not necessarily something that you get taxed for. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not financial. <laughs> We're not talking like private health yeah. and all the rest no. of it. I so, uh,
1: maybe you never know as we grow, Brenda, we might be able to, uh, to go down that route. Who knows?
0: And I, I guess it depends on what, what the staff want. There's no point offering something to people that they don't see value in. I yeah. think that's
1: the thing. And we try to be as a business, you know, because I appreciate And I, I've been, you know, employed in the past that I, I kind of want to be paid to the market rate. And I think this is where some employers, if they can get away with it, will get away with it. And then for people, if they don't get the salary that they think they deserve, they then feel, they don't feel happy about it and then they move on. and. For me, as a business owner, bringing people in, I want that buy into the business, and I want them to stay with the business. Mm-hmm. So it's about treating them the way that you know and and that's kind of how I take on now going from an employee to an employer.
0: See it from both sides? Yes. yes. Let's move on to some of the other challenges mm-hmm. that face women in business and mm-hmm. mothers in business. We, we We talked earlier before we came on the came on the call about about some additional challenges you have yes. in terms of being in a same-sex relationship Mm -hmm. with with young kids and and running your business as well. Tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's funny because, you know, when we work with people and you talk, I think, now about being married, um, people can automatically presume that that means you're married to um, someone of the opposite sex, should we say. Um, And I think, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes then when you're working with clients to go, well, actually, you know, when they say about your husband, you have to turn around and say, well, actually, my wife um you, you you can see like eyes widen sometimes um around that aspect so it's having to have that that difficult conversation because I suppose generally in life you know you don't go to your parents go oh by the way I'm heterosexual um and it seems that you know you still even now have to kind of come out as being something that's not classed socially as the would we say norm in there so yeah so I I just find it a little bit around that, sad that you have to have to come out as being specific. I don't know, you know, looking at kind of being specifically gay or, or bisexual or transgender or something, you know, around that, that, that you have to, to, to announce it to people uh, because it's automatically presumed, essentially, that you are in a heterosexual
0: relationship. Some women that I talk to have never really experienced any discrimination in business mm-hmm. or any. Haven't noticed any disadvantage to being female in business, mm-hmm. but additionally challenging for for you,
1: just from a, a being a female or a, a gay female well, both, in business. Both. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I, I don't feel like I've been disadvantaged, but I don't know if that's because I'm such, such a strong-willed person and determined, and I have quite thick skin that I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I don't feel like I've been disadvantaged. But then I don't think I'd allow it to for me to be disadvantaged either Uh, because I suppose the clients that we work with come to us and they understand that you know I am I'm the business owner um, and they, they do deal with me but they also deal with my staff as well so I'd like to think that there isn't that but I do appreciate in certain areas of workplaces where there could be that struggle for people.
0: So there's no more discrimination for you in business than there is in in everyday life? Well, Would you? to be honest with you, Brenda, I think I live in my own little
1: bubble um, <laughs> and I, I don't see kind of being any different anywhere. Uh, and then I think it just shocks me sometimes um, when people do maybe mention something, you know, but also as well for me, it's about educating people, yeah. um, you know, because we do have two children and we have had to go through, you know, IVF treatment. And people obviously ask, always ask the same questions. But it's just about education and, you know, talking about certain terminology to educate them with as well. So I I don't mind that kind of people being inquisitive and asking the questions. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think it's when they automatically presume that it can come a little bit
0: um, annoying, should we say. We talk about some of the challenges that we have as women coming from the unconscious bias. So you know, yeah. the, however much of a feminist I am, there's still some things that have been ingrained through my through my childhood. That you know, just assumptions that that people make, or assumptions that I like. I think I just assumed that it would be it was me that went part time when I had kids. Yeah. You know, and given given my time again, I'm not sure mm-hmm. I would do it quite the same way as I did back then. They're they're 17 now, my uh, my eldest. So I guess that we're breaking those biases or barriers down and then the sexuality thing i guess that's a another another one that's got a bit further yeah. to go to break down
1: i think so and for me certainly and like you say you know i've always been strong willed and i'm not sure if that is my upbringing as well because you know i came from a, a family where um I, you know i had my mother was a stay-at-home housewife uh, my dad worked obviously the traditional the main breadwinner and all the rest mm-hmm. of it and you know the the woman should stay at home Uh, and and certainly you know when my mum did go back to work she did kind of fight to allow her to go back to work if that makes sense so for me I've always been quite strong-willed and determined and essentially I think you know my upbringing helped me be who I am today and not kind of go it's it's okay because the ones of a different sex so that means that they have uh, an advantage over the other sex and it generally in life you know for me no one should have that advantage over anybody no Uh, and I think that's what's kind of spurred me on as well to go do you know what I can do this and I
0: will do it I'm going to take you back to something that you said just just a few minutes ago about oh you're in you're in your own little world and you just just focus on 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 I can't remember the word in that you used for it but you just focus on on your your path and, and not not caring about what other people are or thinking, and I think that's a really good, a really good message to be sharing, isn't it? Um, yeah. You
1: know. This is the thing. If I could go back to myself, like when I, I think I came out in my early twenties, and if I could go back to that point, so remember when I, I, I told my mum, and I was very like, oh god, about it, and uh, you know, my mum just went, she just, she just looked at me, she went, I already knew. She went, I don't know why you didn't tell me before, and that was it. You know, my mum's always been very supportive ever since. Obviously, you know, I've got married. We have two children, um, but we do. We just uh, and and sometimes I think when people mention certain things because we have um, we have two friends that are, are together, um, and essentially, I think they get. I think they kind of come across it a lot more because they're two two males, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the things they're saying. I don't think about. It. I mean, we went away with them for for a weekend, and we we booked into a a little B&B and they felt uncomfortable about it whereas I've never thought about it and I, I just booked in and they generally book in with larger hotels so they kind of I suppose fit into the background a little bit more and I don't know if it's just maybe my personality as well uh, around that if if somebody did have anything to say then essentially I'd say it back but you know it's, <laughs> it's to be honest when it's taken me many years to be this way and I, I just and I don't know if that's part of Again, like you're saying around the acceptance in society, because there is a lot more acceptance now, even from when, when I came out, what were we talking like 15 years ago, maybe a bit more to what, you know, to what there is then? Because even when you, you, you look at things on the TV and certain terminology used around, around that, it's so much different to where it is now. So, yeah, so I'm just, I'm just trying to think from that, to be honest. And, and I, I think now there's a lot more acceptance
0: around sexuality. Yeah like you're saying, the, the personality or how the individual themselves mm. react to other people's responses, I guess. Well, you, can't, you can't control how other people respond, but you can control how you respond yourself. I think so, and it's about having confidence, because, you know, for, very much for me, if
1: people do have an issue with it, I'd rather that they didn't. And maybe it sounds very direct, but uh,
0: I'd rather they didn't speak to me. Yes, yeah. and in business, if anyone has an issue with, with your sexuality or our gender, yeah, those are the people that I probably don't want to be working with anyway. Exactly, and I think that's the thing, Brenda. And it's it's looking and going, okay,
1: with clients because it's got to be you know as much as we 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 um, value business, um, it's looking at going, is this relationship working between us? Because it's not always going to work uh, with a client, and you know if if that is their um, thought process, like you say, would you want to work with with that that client in the first instance? Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of brings us back to that. Um, Got instincts. Yeah, you probably knew early on that there was this. You know, this client relationship wasn't going the way that you wanted it to. But you know, often we we persevere because oh, we need the income, or we we think that we can we can turn it round. And when it when it ends, either well or badly, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And you go, I should have known that back yeah. then.
1: Yeah. I, I think this is the thing. And you know, that there, there, we have had one instant with a client and it's nothing to do with with sexuality or gender or anything. It's just it's just not worked out. Um, but you know, at the time you think I should have done this, I should have terminated that many months ago because it hasn't been working. But like you say, you just think, oh well, I'm getting the income, you know, and they keep paying, and you know, they're all right this of the time, and you know, but but in reality it's like, you know. It would have been so much easier to do that and then concentrate on working with 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 clients that want to work with you and appreciate working with you. You know, and I, I think this is a thing and, and and that's what I love about being in business as well is working with the clients that appreciate us, but also that we appreciate them.
0: You know that so many of the listeners must be nodding like mm-hmm. I am, going, yeah. yeah, we've all had one of those <laughs> client relationships or supplier relationships as well, yeah. where you persevere with it and the effort, the energy that you put into that would be so much better spent focusing on the, the right clients or suppliers instead. And, you know,
1: I completely agree. And I think this is the thing. And I, I did sit down and, and I remember something my accountant told me about looking and going, is there three things you can list that are positive working with them? And if you can't, is that beneficial to you? And I actually sat down and did that. And I went, there's not, you know, this particular client complained every month um, I had to go through that complaint each month to deal with them, which took up my time and resource. You know, there's things that I took off the invoice for them. It was a goodwill gesture. Um, you know, so there's all these things essentially that, that, that went on with this client and it just wasn't a beneficial um,
0: relationship. I love that question. I'm going to use that question in my coaching with my clients. Can you n- tell me three things that are beneficial from yeah. working with this person or organisation?
1: And the thing yeah. is, as well, I think, you know, as you in business, because certainly when you first start out, you think, oh, well, I need I, I need this client, I need this client. But like I think you touched upon earlier, it's it's going, okay, this client isn't working out. Is it is it costing me money working with this client? How much time is it taking me having to resolve complaints and issues with them? And essentially going, okay, I, I'm going to, you know, and having the strength to go, this isn't working out, and terminating the contract. Uh, and essentially putting your time and effort into sourcing new clients and going, okay, where am I at from a marketing perspective? Am I hitting the right right markets? You know, is there any previous clients I've worked with that might need help? You know, and it's it's, it's looking and, and trying to come up with a plan instead of instead of wasting resource on on clients where you know that the relationship isn't working. And it's I think not it's just about going out.
0: Yeah, yeah. You 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 said it costs you money, but it also costs you energy and and headspace and emotion that that will be affecting the rest of your business so yeah Yeah, I I think so
1: and it's it's about taking out that negative aspect and dealing with it and then focusing on the positive side of the business Mm -hmm. and and keeping that positive you know attitude to it and I think like you say you know when you do have your headspace elsewhere or you are dealing with difficult, difficult situations that can come across and you don't want that to come across to other clients or even to staff um, with that. Because I think even though people don't think it, it does impact their behaviour, it can impact it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So turn, turning that on its head then, from, from the negative people that we're just going to get rid of in the business, <laughs> who have been the biggest supporters in your business or, in or of yourself as a business owner?
1: Biggest supporters, do you mean as in kind of like in the business, the staff, or do you mean generally like in, in general life?
0: Who who has supported you as a businesswoman? So from a
1: support perspective, my wife. She's been so supportive. Mm-hmm. She's had, you know, she's had every faith in me. She's told me to go with my instincts, you know, because she could have been, you know, some people could be like, oh, well, you're in paid employment, you know, you're getting paid each month, you know, you've got a salary, blah, blah, blah she has kind of been the driving force behind that. And she's just told me to go with it. And uh, I mean, she do not proclaim to understand what I do for a living, um, but, uh, but, uh, and she does look quite bored when I start talking to her about anything, but, you know, if there is any issues, I talk to her about it and and, and use her for um, sounding board with that. And she has been just from, from the beginning, even just when I went to, you know, when I went university and I first graduated and even just, you know, my placement year, I had to stay away during the week and she supported that. So she has been an absolute rock for me. And I, and I think as well, because she has been the one, because she, she runs her own business as well, but she's mm-hmm. kind of taken a bit of a step back to do more of the childcare. So I could focus on growing this business, which is absolutely amazing um, from that. So, you know, she's she's given me that 100% support. I think also as well, my family mm-hmm. have been very supportive, like my sister and my mum. and. My mum's very proud that I've managed to, uh, to to set up a successful business because, you know, I'm, I'm one of the first people in the family to go to university as well with that. So, yeah, um, but I think as well from a supporting perspective inside the business, all the team members are so supportive, you know, and they ha- we, we all, you know, we discuss a lot of, of, of things on how to move forward with the business. But to be honest with you, I think, you know, another sounding board for me is is, is Stuart, who works for me. You know, and he's he's worked with me. He was the first employee to come on, and 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 literally, you know, he is amazing as a member of the team. And I do use him as a sounding board quite a lot.
0: So we're right back again to how the team are so important within within your business. Uh, but um, I'm I'm going to come back to your wife. Actually, she sounds yeah. like she's yeah amazing. What she's uh, how she's doing supporting you in, yeah. in the business and in your career. Um, and we've not even mentioned her name. So can we just mention her name and say, well yeah. done for yeah
1: yeah. So she she's she's called Rebecca.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well done, Rebecca. Yeah. 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 We all yeah. need to, yeah. Just like my Brian, my husband. Yeah, helping <laughs> us. Uh, you know, it's really difficult to. To, to juggle everything without someone that you can you can pass the spinning plate to now and again and I think yeah, this is the brilliant. thing and,
1: and, and for me you know because I've got a 11 month old baby you know and as a business owner I've had to kind of jump in and out um, now the team have helped run the business they've been absolutely amazing with that to make sure things are turning over um, but obviously as the owner there's things that I've had to do so in the first uh, you know because when the baby came I had to have an emergency c-section it came over a month earlier um so it was unexpected at the time Mm -hmm. um but you know the team just kind of picked it up around with it um so i did have some time off but i've just gradually gone kind of coming to work more and more and working more where i'm back full-time now um i do do the odd baby session um with him taking to like baby group um Mm -hmm. where i can but for me like i said Has done the majority of the childcare, and it's amazing because I think sometimes people underestimate parents that are, you know, that that do the majority of the care, and they think because they don't, it's not kind of they they don't bring in a monetary value that there's not a value there. And for me, kind of like being a parent never ends; it never stops. Uh, Whereas you know, you work a nine to five job, you finish at five, you go home, that's it. You don't do that as a parent you know and there is trying time so I, I think sometimes it's just underestimated
0: I couldn't agree more and also you don't do nine to five when you're a business owner as well so the no. additional <laughs> challenge of being a parent yeah. and a business owner yeah. is um yeah, yeah so well done well done you
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing because it's funny because we, we both sometimes this is really sad we both sat in bed sometimes uh, and I'm working and she's doing her schedules for the week and it's just like <laughs> what what what's our life come to
0: would you, would you have it any other way would you, would you go back to employment no i wouldn't um
1: it's one of the best things i've ever done to be honest from you know just a an emotional and, and mental well-being and in financial as well from that and it, it just gives even though there's times where you know you think oh why have i done this it's you know the stressful points in business but i don't class it as a negative part i just class it as a lessons learned and i deal with it and then i sit there and think wow i've done that and i've dealt with that and it's a lessons learned
0: absolutely many many lessons to learn so many more to go as well (laughs) so as you know the the scale her up podcast is here to inspire and motivate Mm -hmm. women to start or scale their business um what do you think that we can do as individuals or as, as a community to bring about the, I call it a revolution, I feel like, to, um, to get more, a more ba- better gender balance in business.
1: I think that's a difficult one to answer, really. I think it's on the individual. Because I think for me, and it's like anything with, with people that go into business, entrepreneurs, rather they have that mindset or they don't. And I think it can be, like you say, sometimes more difficult. Um, being a female in business, but I think it's just having that support network out there and, and maybe having that presence. Um, because for me, it's kind of that visibility, showing that you know females in business um, are successful. And I think it's getting the word out, hopefully to um, you know, entrepreneurs of the future. And even people now, because I don't think it's ever too late to set up a business. Um, it is not yeah (laughs) even if people are listening now go out and do it if you feel you can and have confidence in yourself you can do it don't let anybody tell you otherwise
0: totally agree and it's never too late there's one of my uh one of my previous uh podcast interviews um look for the interview with rosie elliott she's uh, started Mm -hmm. her business after completing a career in education retiring um so yeah anyone can do it absolutely
1: yeah and I completely agree and I think regardless of your situation or environment just go with it
0: have confidence have confidence that's 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 the big message from from you today I've got one more question for you Laura um I asked I ask everybody just in case is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you
1: I don't know to be honest because it's just gone in a whirlwind (laughs) um but no i i don't think so i I, I just again it's just i just hope that this hopefully will
0: inspire at least one person yeah if we can inspire someone to get them create the motivation within to to do something different and yeah Yeah.
1: and you know what I, i i love talking to people so if anyone's got any questions um
0: or want any advice i'm open to it so they'll get connected with you on uh on, on social LinkedIn. media or, or yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being uh, part of the Scale Her Up podcast, Laura. I've absolutely really enjoyed blathering with you today. And um, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneurs show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes, and please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add $250 to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.